What is up, guys? And welcome to Montreal Madness with your host, Tony Montreal. So, guys, I know in last week's episode, I said I was going to do a little something different with this podcast for this week. You know, have one on Monday, have one on Friday, you know, two shorter versions of my podcast. But, you know, I'm scrapping that right here because I have two special guests on my podcast today. Two co- former collegiate athletes. I have J.D. Wyatt, a former Juniata College pitcher, and I have a former football player from Juniata College in Tanner College. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. Yeah, Tony, good. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks for, for the introduction, man. Yeah, yeah no problem, thanks guys. Me, you guys deserve it. Yeah. So, yeah, so I know we were all here at Tanner's house last Sunday watching the Steeler game. I know he had about three heart attacks during the game. I know, understatement. <laughs> understatement. Yeah, yeah I could Understatement of the year right there. Dude, that he was so freaking sure. nervous. Like, holy shit. You have no faith in the Steelers this year, man? Like, what the heck? I do, but I just can't. I don't know. I just can't do it anymore. I, I, I can't watch the Steelers anymore. It's just. Well, dude, that's the thing with the Steelers. Like, I, ever since, like, the I've Mike Tomlin era. So many times. Like, there's just been so many heart attack games. <laughs> like, you ever watch the Pittsburgh dad videos? <laughs> They're kind of <laughs> stupid, though. I don't know. I don't know. I like them. They're okay. I mean, I've seen a couple my mom show me. They're all bad. <laughs> they're all, they're, yeah. I mean, the big thing with them is you think about it. The last five minutes, that's what you want to watch. My Uncle DR has always told me that. And, you know, every time I watch a Steelers game, when I'm like, man, this is coming down the last five minutes again, Uncle DR's right. I have more check marks in that box than I do the other box. I'm telling you now, yeah. this is a game they lose. I hate to be that guy, but they play down to their competition. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting, you know. Well, the spread is 14 points in favor of Pittsburgh, obviously. I'm taking the Cowboys on this one. All right, I'm a I huge would say, fan. I, I, you know, I, what, to win or cover? I would say Dude, there's I'm a good right, chance no, for no. the Cowboys to win. I'm telling you. You heard I, it here first. I, yeah, if any Dalton was starting, then yeah, I would almost See, agree with I you. Think, but here's the thing. They're playing their freaking practice squad guy. Like I think his name's Cooper something. Like from Robert Morris. He yeah, yeah, Robert, Robert Morris, Morris. Exactly. Yeah, um, he was cut by the Cowboys last year. W- went in the training camp with Jason Garrett at the Giants. Cut him three days after he joined the team, and Dallas just now picked him up for today's game. Like I don't think there's no way a fourth string quarterback is going to beat the Steelers, man. I just I, I get what you're saying. Isn't it? By is all that, means. Or did he get hurt? No, they're just benching him. By all means. Yeah, they're just benching him. Yeah. Like, there's just, I'm sorry, there's no way. Like, the Steelers, no. like, on defense, they're going to do what they get against Saquon Barkley in week one, stack the box of eight, nine guys to stop Zeke, and just, like, all right, throw it. Try to beat us. You can't. Yeah. I'm just That's saying. Gonna, if I this mean, is you're, the, you're, if you're the Cowboys fan, you're hoping the defense can hold the Steelers on it. Exactly. If you're the uh, Cowboys I mean, fan, they need, like, at least four what, picks. What, is Sean Lee back? He was back last week. Yeah, um, but he's, he's old and, f- like, a piece of glass. And it's just one of those games, though. He comes out to play hard, so who knows? You're, is the Cowboys uh, your favorite on to your lose, team, man. That's what McCarthy's got to be focused on. Yeah. What do they have to lose? I mean, yeah, you're right. They'll go for it a lot on fourth down. Like they ago. might try like a couple trick plays, like maybe a fake punt or fake field I goal. Think, I mean, I but, agree, Tanner. I can see how you say it's a trap game. And maybe in years past, we've always had a trap game. Exactly. I just don't think it's this week. Didn't the pa- exactly. Didn't the Patriots the Cowboys, two years ago lose to the Dolphins on a lateral Dolph- play? Yeah, like crazy stuff like that happened. Yeah, yeah but the so Dolphins, cool. though that like what was it last year or two years ago, is not the Dallas Cowboys of today. That Dolphins team was, I would say, as crappy as they were, still five times better than the Dallas Cowboys with their fourth string quarterback. I know that, but I'm just saying that 
Yeah, the Steelers play down to their competition all the time. And like and I said, I understand that. I have that, a heart attack every freaking game. No, I'm not saying the game. Like, I don't think there's there a really one. good possibility this game could come down to like one, or like seven or ten points in the fourth quarter, and it's but ben honestly comes kind of through. interesting. But Ben comes through. Yeah. Ben always does. It I could happen better. like that, but I I have him winning 34-16. Like a, I don't weird. think it's going to be a game. Ever since I can remember, I think 16's kind to give them. Ex- I don't exactly. think they score more than exactly. 10 points this week. I mean, I think our defense is going to come to play. It's in what Jerry's world, isn't it? We're out in Dallas, yeah. so I mean, yeah. they're going to come ready to play. I think. Yeah. Ever since I, I can think remember. Ben's going to do his thing. So I mean, it all depends. Can our young t- wideout guys can they make plays? Is James Conner going to come ready to run the ball? Well, if they decide to hand it off, like they've been throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game the past two games. I will say. As long as we got Ben, I can remember ever since I was a kid, if you give Ben a minute and a half left, I would say it's money. Yeah. Every time. But it's not going to come down to that against Dallas, though. (laughs) But I just. I'm definitely not going into it. I never go into this cocky with the Steelers just because anyone can lose. In the NFL, at any given. Oh time. yeah, for sure. I mean, we've seen that on display. Like we've seen yeah. Oakland beat and the just, Chiefs I don't this know. year. I feel like they're humans just like us. You know, when you sometimes you think you got something in the bag. So yeah, exactly. You're a little lack. Hey, of Daniel Jones goal, almost know? upset the Buccaneers, man. It, yeah, anything can happen exactly. in the NFL. I agree with you there, Tanner, but I don't think it happened. And honestly, that two point conversion play that should have been a PI. Uh, well, it should have been a PI maybe, but he also should have hit the receiver way. That's true. Too. That is and true too. Daniel Jones kind of blew that game. And yeah, it sucks because like the Giants might have a shitty record again this year, and guess what? They might be thinking about taking Trevor Lawrence. There's always How crazy ifs. would that be to think of? I mean, the Jets, yeah. the Battle of New York. I yeah. Mean, There's do you seriously ifs, see so. the Giants going to yeah, turn the number, their season if, around? Yeah, if the Giants would get the number one overall pick in the draft, they would definitely, I would think, take Lawrence over you know, having Jones and just having him be the backup or release. So. Yeah, there's always ifs, so. though. Like, if my uncle, and I'm not even going to say it because <laughs> there's always ifs. Yeah, and like I said, I understand that and everything, but it's just when you're this, when you have the, this type of defense that Steelers does playing against a practice squad quarterback, I just don't like the odds. <laughs> right, right. I'm not saying it it can't happen because obviously anything can happen, yeah. but it's just this is professional football. This isn't this isn't you know NCAA like it. Anything is possible. <laughs> Kevin Durant, baby. Shout, shout out Kevin Durant. <laughs> Now, if you're like me and you're sick and tired of not being able to satisfy your cravings at the middle of the night, you know, you wake up for a midnight snack and, you know, just nothing sounds or looks good to you, next time, buy Wheaties, specifically the 1995 edition with Jeff Gordon on the cover. Because if you want to be like Jeff Gordon, eat your Wheaties, guys. All right, so kind of going back to the Ravens game from last Sunday. So what were you guys' like major takeaways from the game? Physical. <laughs> defense yeah yeah i mean it's always a physical game but it just showed our identity i thought as a team fast you know come together and you know when the going gets tough we get our boots on we play the game and we make plays at the end i mean well you hear what roethlisberger said in his press conference at halftime he was literally making up his own plays like in the huddle like okay i want the line to do this when we go go empty set with ben in the empty set is when he's calling the plays yeah so and we went to that empty set a lot second half and it worked well i thought i thought we had much success i mean he was running it so oh yeah he was moving the ball like literally the only thing that was stopping the steelers on offense second half was themselves like the ravens couldn't stop it i just 
I was very proud of how the defense played. Obviously, there was a lot of mental errors, I guess you would call them. But that second half, they just demoralized Lamar Jackson. Because he did not, he did not want the ball. Well, like you played um, a line on the uh, Juniata, right? You were a lineman, correct? So, like as a lineman, like you know, going into the ha- going into the half, like you guys were giving up a lot of yards on defense and everything. And you guys like turned around in the second half and stopped him. Like, what is actually said in the in a locker room type atmosphere? Like, whenever you're struggling in the first half, to, to kind of get it going to the second half. Like, what's said I mean, in halftime mostly? I think for that situation, you know, you're going in a half, you're fixing your mental errors, and it showed the second half. I mean, every option that Lamar handed the ball when he handed the ball off, the DN stayed disciplined on Lamar. No matter what, there were times where. I think the running back had the ball and ran down the field two yards, and Watt was still just cracking Lamar. Yeah. I mean, and that's what you got to do on an option-type quarterback. I mean, your right. DN has to be able to come Back up that, and set yeah. the example from the beginning of the play. And then you got to have your linebackers, you know, be able to flow out, and you got to have them cover the pitch band. I thought the Ravens did have a lot of success at the end of the game where they were running those straight pitch plays. I mean, Lamar wasn't really reading anyone on those plays. It was a straight pitch. Yeah. Kind of run like a full house set. And, I mean, they were busting those off pretty good yardage at the end of the game. They I, made sure Lamar did not win the game. Yeah, that's true. They made that's sure. very true. If they were going to lose the game, it wasn't going to be because of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, because, honestly, on offense, that's the, really the only playmaker they have. You know, they have no playmakers of wideouts. Yeah, Mark Andrews is a good tight end, but he's not a playmaking tight end like George Kittle or uh, or Travis Kelsey. Like, he's just no, not he's that guy. solid. Yeah, he's solid, but he's not a he's not a playmaker like those guys are. Like he's not someone you have to. All right, if he if he catches ten catches for 110 yards, like we have no chance of beating these guys. Like no, he's not that type of player. Right. And so like, and nobody de- on the offense is except for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but I think as a defense, when you come up against the Ravens, you got to account for Mark Andrews. You, oh yeah, you let Hollywood Brown torch you for 150 yards if they win the game. I mean. Mark Andrews is a key player once they get inside the red zone, and we shut him down the whole game. I mean, you look at yeah. the last play of the game, who were they trying to get it to? Mark Andrews in the end zone, and make it lit him up. Yeah. I mean, maybe a questionable call there, but I mean, from my perspective, both players were making plays on the ball. It was a great yeah, that, play. Yeah, that was definitely a good and That non-call. just shows, you know, the defense's identity there. They're mm-hmm. just coming ready, and when the jo- job gets tough, I mean, they get going for it. My- Speaking of – oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Speaking of Hollywood Brown – did you guys see what he tweeted right after the game? That's now, I, I think so, yeah. It's deleted now, but... Yeah, he said, what's the point of having soldiers when you never use them? Never. Well, that's the Antonio Brown factor coming into play right there. I mean, yeah, he had a touchdown, but still, I just I still think Mark Andrews is the guy they go to, and I will agree that while you run the option, your tight end's the best option. Most of the time, you you have a lot of pass plays that center them, and when they get in the red zone, he's a target. Yeah. You know, for as bad as the Steelers were on defense, like with rushing yards allowed, like the only time they'll ever face a team with this unique style running game is the Ravens twice a year. That's the only time. No other team in the NFL does this sort of unique running style and formations and all this stuff. Like, they're the only team. So I think Steelers fans, like, you know, saying, oh, this team's soft, they can't stop the run. It's like... That's freaking retarded. Like I don't, I don't understand like how you under how you get that when you know that the Ravens are special in running the ball. Like they get rushing yards like other teams do passing yards on the ground. Yeah, like the Cardinals out in Arizona. I don't think I think Kyler Murray he's developing more into like a 
a passer who can run. He's not a run first type of guy. They really don't do a lot of design runs like the Ravens did. Yeah, well, hardball, yeah. That's just hardball's forte, though. Ground and pound, ground yeah. and pound. I mean, how many great Raven wide receivers can we think of? You know that have been really Ravens none. For a while. I mean, maybe Anquan Bolden, but he was Anquan out of his prime. Yeah. Out of his prime. Late, maybe. I mean, who they have in the last couple years? Oh, Mike Wallace. They had Mike Wallace. Well, yeah, <laughs> for a year. <laughs> he wasn't even that that great. When yeah, he was, he was out of his prime too. Yeah, I'm trying to think here. Not yeah, Ravens have never been known for their wide receivers. I thinking mean, about it, yeah. I mean, I think of more tight ends than I can of wide. Ups. He got um, Todd Heap. Yeah, Dennis Pitta. He was Dennis a Pitta. For a while. Yeah, he was good. He was a problem. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was, he was nice. definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. No, the year, the year that who did they have? The guy from Carolina served with Carolina. He served with the Panthers, and then he came over. He not not up. Greg. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Shoot, I forget his name. Yeah, I don't know why I can't think of his name. Jeez. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I mean the this just the whole game itself, like. You know, a week before they played Tennessee, yeah, the Steelers let Tennessee back into the game. You can say if it's because the Ben's picks, blah, blah, blah. But Steelers deserved to win that game. They were clearly the more talented team that day. They deserved it. Now, the game against Baltimore, you can make an argument and say how the Steelers really didn't deserve that game, but they still found a way to win. And that's, to me, the most encouraging thing to take out of this game last Sunday was that they didn't deserve to win but they still found a way to win against one of the best teams in the NFL. That to right, me says right. that to me says it all right there. I got a question for you though, Tony. What? How do you feel about the Steelers not having a bye? You know, think it's gonna show here. It, it kind of sucks, and I, I feel like it would show right now in this game against the Cowboys. That's why I am so relieved that the Cowboys are playing their fourth string quarterback, their practice see, squad quarterback, that Andy Dalton. Because, because they are so banged up and so tired right now. The best thing for the Steelers this Sunday is to get out to a 30-point lead in halftime and then rest their starters not, the second half. Not to beat a dead horse, but the, right there, that reason why, because of the bye, is why I think they're going to hit a wall against the Cowboys. I, don't think I think they'll re, they'll recoup. However, I do believe that there's a, a really good chance. But wasn't it 2005 when they won the, the Super Bowl? The Cowboys. When they won the Super Bowl against the Seahawks? Um, didn't they have a bye in week four or five and to play like 13 straight games back in 2005? Like, I think that was the case. So I don't think that's going to be a major factor. Yeah, but at least they got a bye. I, I mean, think I think the defense comes to play regardless of what week it is. I think that identity was set last season, and I think that identity stays true to this team. I think Williamson's going to get some playing time this week. I think you pick yeah. him up. He's a solid, sturdy linebacker. He's really going to help, you know. You don't need to learn a playbook on defense, really. Well, I mean, you do a little bit with the schemes the Steelers have, but he's going to be so happy because he's doing schemes where he's attacking quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, with the Jets, he didn't really have that luxury. So. Yeah. But I think he's going to show the veteran guy. He's going to make a presence for a late push. Yeah. Now, going back to what you said about you know them not having to buy and everything, another thing with the Steelers, they haven't had a practice in pads since training camp. It's not like they're going all out in practice. Right. You know, so I don't think that's – them losing that bye week but still practicing is not that much of a factor at all because, like I said, they're not going 100%. They don't have pads or anything on during practice. So I don't think it's – it is a little bit of a disadvantage, obviously. I'm not going to say it isn't. But it's not going to be a determining factor 
whether the Steelers are gonna hit a wall like you said or not. I just I just don't believe that. Yeah, I think we get to the point where you know we secure a playoff spot, secure the division. Yeah, the Ravens Thanksgiving. That's a big game. Yeah. Win that, I mean, we pretty much put ourselves in a good situation. We can rest guys come playoff. Exactly. I mean, is there going to be a buy at all this season? Because they, yeah, weren't the, they talking only, about expanding to an eighth team upon the seventh team they that. already added? Yeah, if it's an eighth team, I don't see any buys then. Exactly. Unless they start the playoffs a week after, delay the playoffs a week, so every team has a buy. Yeah, I mean, that's the only fair way I feel you can exactly. do it, So, But if that's not the case and it's still the seventh team, Steelers have to get the number one seed. That buy is so crucial. Yeah, yeah. No, I... Eh, it is. I agree. Especially in the situation there. Yeah, especially if it's there for the taking. You almost... If, the, if you're the Steelers, like that's your goal for the rest of the regular season. Because I know you play... They play a lot of teams that are like the Jags, the Redskins, Cleveland still once, the Bengals twice. You Really, your only toughest test is Baltimore. And then you have the Colts at the end of the year where, yeah, they might be a difficult game or a difficult couple quarters. But they have a season right now, the rest of the way, where their goal has to be number one seed, and they can't have any hiccups like losing to a, a Cowboys team or a Redskins or a Jaguars team. Like yeah, They you, have to you win those games. You, you don't lose to an NFC East team. I mean, yeah. that's shooting yourself in the Do foot we? right Yeah, there. but Tomlin, like, is just I have more confidence this year than any year for the Steelers to beat the teams that they are going to beat. But year after year after year, it's Tomlin-led teams are losing against teams that they shouldn't. So that kind of just still scares me a little bit. Exactly. I mean, do we know Cam Hayward's health yet? Yes, he is. He was a full participant in both Wednesdays and today's practices. That's a blessing. Yeah, he is such an intricate part yeah. to that defense. But to it stepping up though too, to it is he's an AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Exactly. And, he, and if he can Played stay healthy, if he can game. stay healthy, yeah. What about uh, the we, other defensive line? I was just going to say, is Tyson Alulu? He is not ruled out. He has he didn't play. He has not practiced both Wednesday and today. But I did hear from reading a couple guys on Twitter that he is looking to at least do a, some sort of limited practice on on tomorrow on Friday. But, I mean, he's not going to fact. I think he, he's a huge factor for our defense, a big component. Oh, yeah. But with this game against the Cowboys, I think you're safe to let him rest another week. Yeah. It sounds like he's getting back yeah. to mobility. But Mike Tomlin said a key thing after the game where it's like, why do you think we let up so many rushing yards in this game after Tyson Alulu left early in the first quarter? Yeah, he's like, a key component. Have... People don't exactly. understand how much the D-line sets up the exactly. run game, and they were gouging us up the middle. I yep. mean, when like you, you said, rush... the option outside wasn't working because yeah. guys yep. like J.J. and Dupree were just centering Lamar the whole time. When like, you can rush like... four and still get to the quarterback consistently, it's a blessing. That's, that's dangerous. Yep. Yeah, that's dangerous. Actually. But Tyson Lulu, he's like so underrated. He just eat, he's like Casey Hampton, but more athletic. He eats up two blockers yeah, automatically. Exactly. Right. It frees up one on one. It lets Cam get in the yeah. Exactly. You got Cam, um, TJ, or Bud. Bud into it. Into it when he's into it. For yeah. I mean, no, oh, yeah. We play a three down line. I guess he is. Yeah. Just let him make plays. Exactly. Right. But then. I think Bugs, you know, he played a little bit better in the second half. Obviously, he got that big stop when Lamar tried to that quarterback sneak on fourth and two. But he uh, he was really struggling, you know, at the beginning of the game when he first came in. Like, he was just not put like cutting it. So, Tom had to say, screw this. I'm going to a nickel package on obvious rundowns. And the Ravens were gouging him. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, but... Things looking good for the Steelers. I told my uncle, a big Ravens fan, he lives in uh, right outside of Baltimore. Oh, jeez. Um, 
And I remember this, this was in March. We went down and saw them because uh, they live in Florida for half the year. And I mean, they're my great aunt and uncle. So I've grown with them my whole life. But anyways, I remember we were talking and he said, well, how do you think the Steelers are going to do this year? And I looked him dead in the eyes and I said, I'll be talking to you when we win the division at the end of the year. And he was blown <laughs> nice. away by that. He said, you really <laughs> think that's going to happen? I said, with Ben back, you won't believe it. And I mean... Dude, we just got keep. It's playing. looking good. It's Dude, looking promising. Now that I got you on the podcast where it's recorded, if the Steelers make it to the Super Bowl, are you going? A hundred percent. Okay, you hear you heard it. I'm here gonna first. go. <laughs> heard it here first, guys. You heard it here first. I, mean, I want to go. I've said if the Steelers, the Pirates, or the Penguins, you know, make it to a championship series, I'm going 100%. And you have to worry about the Pirates going in a while. Well, hey, man, maybe by the time I'm 50, I'll be uh, celebrating. <laughs> I got to last year with my Nats. I just need the Pirates to get there. So how many times has it happened to you when you're watching a Steeler game or a Penn State game, and it's like your anxiety goes to the roof, you're getting multiple heart attacks, during a three-hour period, it's not good for the body. Well, next time you're watching a Penn State game or a Steeler game and you're feeling a little bit, you know, anxious and nervous, you know, like you should be, uh, always a refreshing bush light calms you down. It works 6% of the time, every time, and you won't be disappointed. So grab a bush latte, watch the game, and try to calm those nerves down. All right, so, you know, we're talking about the Steelers here, you know, an unbeaten team. And then you have a winless team in uh, Penn State football right now. We are, baby. We are. Yeah, we are winless. And, like, you know, just literally two weeks ago, I did a whole segment previewing the Penn State season. I thought, obviously, they'd have to run the table just to get a shot at the playoff this year. But I actually thought that they had a competitive enough team to do it. I mean, they have just, like, outright just proven me wrong. Like, it's not even a fact that, you know, they were just beat by stupid penalties. They beat themselves and all this other stuff. I just think they're lacking freaking talent. Like, nobody on that team this these first two weeks, like, has shown that they are worth anything. Like, Clifford, he really screwed up in, um, against Indiana. Didn't look anything special against Ohio State. And, you know, he's supposed to be your um, number one player. Obviously, on any team, your quarterback's be your number one player in order to win consistently. And he's far from it. The defense, they're just not lacking any talent um, now that Micah Parsons is gone. Uh, offensive line, I thought they were – this is going to be their best offensive line since the sanctions happened. Uh, that's obviously not the case. They're still the same old crappy offensive line that we've all known under James Franklin. I just – I don't understand it, man. Can Especially you can be a Penn State football I mean, fan, J.D. Can I acknowledge I mean, something? Go ahead, one thing what? you forgot. What's up? First off, I just want to say if I was a Penn State fan, I would get a shirt. That would say we are, and at the bottom of it say, done with Franklin. Because how many big games has he won? I mean, you know. Give me three. Give me three big games. I mean, other than the the two bowl games, the New Year's Six games, we won the Fiesta Bowl and last year's bowl, bowl game being the Cotton Bowl. The other Ohio State game comes to mind, obviously, in 2016. And then both Michigan games at home. Both home Michigan games. They were pretty big wins. But, I mean, when you look at it as a head coaching level, it's just – He's a good recruiter. He's, a, he's a good face for your he's program. Bringing, I think he's a he's great guy. Well, he is, but I mean, I think this offense needs to settle into the new system, too. I mean, Clifford didn't do great in Indiana. He made a lot of stupid plays, a lot of stupid mistakes, and they still had a chance to win it. I mean, if you're Franklin and you find a way to win that game at the end, I mean, you got to be thinking you played as 
excuse my language, shitty as you possibly could. Yeah. You still found a way to win. Luckily, they were on the short. They grabbed the short straw. They didn't get Indiana. And I mean, that's just that's coaching. The guys didn't look ready. But you look at Ohio State, though. I mean, the first half we ran the ball. I thought a little bit too much. I mean, we had a lot of success going against their corners, hitting the secondary up on short routes. We did that in the second half. I didn't think Clifford played bad. I mean, he almost had 300 passing yards. I mean, three touchdowns. I mean, Dotson made some incredible plays. I mean, for the highlights I saw, <laughs> yeah, he made some incredible plays. Yeah, I maybe a little backstory <laughs> yeah, into you this talk game. About why you missed this one? <laughs> yeah, well, we should maybe go into why Tony can't really give us much commentary on the the whole game. We're really going here, huh, guys? Yeah. Again, well, I mean, we kind of. <laughs> I think the to. I think yeah. the people should know. All right. I mean, so we had a little get together at my house, me, Tony, Tanner, our other friend Sam. Um, and yeah, let's just say, you Tony know. Tony had like two or three beers and he was going sleep sleep. <laughs> it, all right, it wasn't. Just okay, two okay, let's, let's rephrase <laughs> right, this. It right, wasn't DC. that. It we were like outside cooking wings on the Traeger, which they are not a sponsor of this podcast whatsoever. They do make a, an amazing product, however. Yes, they do. I have one at my house, I use it all the time. It is awesome. But I would really recommend you buying a Traeger grill in your near future. But anyways, know. yeah, we were smoking wings, and was, I mean, we had about a hundred on this puppy, and we're all standing out there waiting for waiting for them to get done. I mean, it's probably another five more minutes. Well, Tony and Tanner got there a little early, so the wings still had a little bit longer to go. So we tried some uh, new alcoholic beverages that were eight um, percent, and they were <laughs> seltzers. That's all I'm going to say with that. And Tony had a couple too many within a 30-minute span, and he, um, let's just say he took a nap and missed the whole <laughs> Penn State game. And this is how bad it was because I woke up, and I literally dead, like dead serious looked at JD and said, <laughs> uh, did I miss kickoff? And then <laughs> he just started busting out laughing, and it's like, it's 11.45, man. And my no, jaw just was, dropped. It was, it was 12 when you woke up. It was 12? Up. It was 12 o'clock okay. when you woke up, and... Yeah, it was funny because Tony was ready to watch the game, and the game was over 30 minutes before that. But you should have recorded the game and brought it back to first quarter. Remember, I said, remember I said, oh, hey, no, you no, should no, have been against Penn State. Oh Tanner, remember God, when I said golden. before kickoff happened, I'm like, should I record this game because Tony's going to miss the whole thing? We tried waking you up, and I yeah, asked you guys. You didn't do a good like, enough job. If I, I asked you guys, you said, no, that's stupid. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. It's dumb. And if I, I would have thought of, like, Dude, that would have been awesome if you would have done that, though. Oh, my like, God. And wow. then you made a bet Kudos with Kudos if you would have done that. You should have bet it against Penn State. <laughs> well, I bet Penn State loses. And like... But, yeah, anyways, I mean, back to Penn State. I mean, I, the second half, it looked promising. If you would have told me, you know, we had a chance to almost cover the spread, I would have said you're crazy. Ohio State's an elite team. You know, Franklin uses that word a lot, trying to get the guys there, but... I mean, they were a couple bad calls last year's playoff game away playing Burrow in the Natty Champ, and I think they would have gave them a better game than Clemson did. So nah. I look for now. Nah, I look for Ohio State. Justin Fields is a stud, dude. So just just watch out, man. I'm saying it now. Um, like just go back on F Franklin. Like I guess it's the whole argument. Is there any? If you would fire Franklin, is there anybody else better than him out in the open market right now? There's not. But if your goal is to win. Big Ten championships and ultimately national championships. I don't think Franklin's that guy. You know, yes, he did win a big, uh, Big Ten title four years ago, but that was with a once in a lifetime generational back to Saquon Barkley, and probably one of the best college quarterbacks to ever come out of Penn State and Trace McSorley. Like, that was just a special team all around. I just don't think when all the chips are on the line that 
Franklin, he's not going to win you the big game consistently. You know, yes, he has proven he can win on the national stage and win big games, but he just can't do it as, as a, at a consistent level that can consistently win you championships like Ohio State does in the Big Ten, like Alabama and those teams in the SEC do it consistently. Just we're never going to see a consistent Penn State team. I mean, yes, but it's tough to say because, I mean, traditionally they're powerhouses. I mean, you look in their past how many national championships they have. They're always going to bring players in. And, I mean, as a diehard Penn State fan, I mean, I, if you ask Tony and if you don't know me, I would say I'm probably borderline diehard Penn State yeah, fan. So I would say that, too. I remember back in 2012 when we were hit with every single sanction we had, I cried to my dad saying, I'm never going to see a good Penn State team until I'm in my 50s. And I said, this is going to suck. And he agreed with me. We thought we were done. And, I mean, Franklin came into town. He turned us around. You know what? I mean, he doesn't make the big plays, but he puts us in a position to make them. And I know down the line with more experience, he'll probably get there. I'd have still have faith in him. And I think, you know, I can't lose faith. I just feel like it's just something you can't lose. Going back to Tony's point with not knowing which coach they would pick up, how wild would it be if they got Urban Meyer to coach Penn State? Yeah, you know, uh, that's never going to happen. No. <laughs> that's, that's just that's never going to happen, did, man. Would you accept them? No, 0% chance. I mean, Penn State could give them a quarter of the tuition that they make from all the students there, and he would still say no. Like, he would turn down $100 million or whatever – because he, he would not want to. In my w- lifetime, wouldn't want to get a Penn State. In my lifetime, for me, best two college coaches ever is Nick Saban, and then second, Urban Meyer. Well, yeah, it's, I, I don't think there's any argument here on that. Yeah, like, I mean, he's right up there, like with Nick. I'm surprised he haven't he hasn't taken an NFL gig yet. I, I, he he's he a, won't. He's, a, I he's, think he's, he's just done a legit, coaching. I think he's just a legit college coach. And you, know, I don't blame him because a lot of these college coaches they go to the NFL, they never make it. And then it's like, oh, shit, you know, I'm only good enough to coach in college. Urban Meyer, I think he just knew his place. He was dominant. Much like Nick Saban. You know, Nick Saban tried the NFL with the Dolphins. Wasn't that good. So he went back to um, coaching college, and he's been dominant ever since. And See, I think he's just good at what he does at, and he's sticking to it. Like I mean, State was- I'm just going to say one thing. Who deserves to be on that same list with those three names is Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was dominant with USC when he got there. He completely changed their program around. Now he's dominant in the NFL. I mean, he he built the Seahawks up. I mean, the Seahawks had pieces, but... Yeah, I mean, it's not easy to do both. Exactly. There's a big difference between being a a great college football coach and a great NFL coach. It's very, very rare to get two very good at both both, um, levels. And Pete Carroll's probably the best at both... Being an NFL coach and a college coach. Yeah. Right. You're I right. I agree. So, Tony, what do, you, what do you got Penn State as this weekend, though? Against, you... against Maryland? I mean, if they're going to get off the schneid, it's going to be against Maryland. I mean, I what was it? We watched them the other week, and they didn't look too bad. But they're 1-1, one one, right? Yeah, Maryland's not bad. I mean, they're 1-1. One one. They should really be 0-2. Minnesota botched an extra point in overtime. Yeah, that's right. To, that's what it was. Um, yep. To lose the game. So, I mean, it could have been anyway. Maryland's a tough team. Traditionally, though, I mean, other than the first year we played them when they wouldn't shake our hands at the beginning of yeah, the game. Yeah, it's been lopsided ever it's since. It's been pretty heavy Penn State. Last year, we went to the game, and it was it was an experience, but it wasn't really that good of a game. We dominated the whole game. And I hope, you know, I think Penn State honestly can win this game two scores if they come ready to play. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they took these first two games kind of like preseason games where it's like, all right, yeah, we're 0-2, but we're really 0-0. I mean, it's, it's what they looked like, so. Yeah, 
So hopefully they can, after a couple practices and everything the past couple weeks, they can figure some stuff out. Penn State needs an identity. They have yet to form an identity of who they are. I know they want to run the ball, but they were, they've lost their two best running backs for the probably the remainder of the year. Um, they're down to their third and fourth string running backs. They haven't run the ball like they want to. Clifford in that passing game, it, yes, it improved against Ohio State, but nothing where, near it should be. So they haven't have an identity yet on offense. And on defense, they haven't got an identity yet either. They've allowed – they Ohio State just marched on the field at will I mean, the them. first series of the game, it was three plays and a touchdown. Exactly. You, you knew going into that game – I mean, if, you, if Penn State had a chance, it was a shootout because the offense kept them in the game. Our defense, like like Tony said, without Mike, it looks like a completely other defense out there. They got to rely on a lot of other guys. So I mean, they're going to get an identity. I think this week's the week they, you know, exactly. Yeah, they they, they have to. Even if they even if they somehow lose, they need to be like, all right, this is what we do good at. This is what we do bad at. Let's do more of what we do good at now. They've got to come out, even with a loss, got to come out of that Maryland game thinking, all right, this is what we do well. This is how we're going to form our season, the rest of our season, around our strengths. Exactly. Get so, some confidence. Yep. Maybe. What do you think, TC? I know you're a Texas fan over there, but how are the Longhorns doing right now, by the way? Didn't they? They just came off a big win against Oklahoma State, so. Really? Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma State. They're... They were ranked six. Really? No yeah. way. Yeah, they, yeah, they were. No, they were. No. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 4-0 no team. Overtime. Big 12 shootout like normal. Yeah. But it's a college basketball like score. Say, like <laughs> I, yeah, like I always say, it's like the first person to drop the ball. <laughs> yeah, really. It's just... No. Well, hook them horns, baby. Hook them yeah. horns. Hook them down. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever he says. I respect the horns. I respect them. Been done. I grew up watching you know, Colt you have McCoy. all this, you know, all these great Texas quarterbacks, but they never pan out in the NFL, like Colt McCoy, Vince Young. Um, if you remember, Vince Young made it on the front of the Madden. Oh, wow, because he had one year because no he defenses like could react to a running quarterback, but then they figured it out after one year. Like, shit. like Vince Young, RG3, and now Lamar Jackson. Is it the... Is Lamar Jackson going to have... I think he's... Like he I think with- he's special enough to where he can be this type of a playmaker for the next seven to eight years. But after that, he's not going to have the life of a Big Ben or a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers or the Drew Brees. He's not there, you don't think? No, it, it can't be. He he's he's going to have – if he's, what, 25 right now, I give him till year 31 or 30, 32 years old anyway, and then he's going to go think, downhill from there. What do you think Michael Vick could have done if, you know, the whole dog thing never happened? You know, I he proved with the Eagles where he was actually a really good quarterback still. He took him under Chip Kelly's offense, that fast-paced offense. He was right. really well. And that was after years of you know going to jail and not playing football. Think about so if he could have kept playing football, I mean, I think he, I think he would have been the best left-handed quarterback have, outside of Steve, Steve Young. Do you think? Do you think he would have done even better with the Baltimore offense versus the the offense that he ran with the Falcons? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, It'd be the same, really. No, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't think Vince have way more. Or, I'm sorry, I don't think way more. I don't think my weapons. Than oh yeah, did. and Algie Crumpler. Um, he was running back. More done. More done. Yeah. I um, mean, the wideouts. Uh, Reggie White. What yeah, was Reggie this? White was one, wasn't he? Yeah, but wasn't there an Isaac Bruce? Or no? no, he was for the Rams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had a couple. They had a couple really good receivers. Algie Crumpler, a huge tight end. 
And then they have they run the ball with work done in uh well and Michael Vick Doug, yeah <laughs> I mean he, well, yeah, he then, revolutionized obviously. the running quarterback he's the reason yeah, Michael he's that's the reason why Lamar, believe... ja- Lamar Jackson has a job right now and he's the reason why Lamar Jackson's running that kind of offense is because of Michael Vick but Michael Vick he really Vick didn't do a lot of design good with like that offense. The, every Michael offense Vick did Michael Vick's been one that really didn't have a lot of design runs that Lamar runs like it was more. His yards are scramble yards. Yeah. Could you imagine it being structured, too? Having lead blockers for Michael Vick? I think that's what made Michael Vick so dangerous because it wasn't structured. Like, they just let him be. Like, he was a Troy Polamalu on offense. He he threw the tightest spiral. Then his balls just always look beautiful. Yeah, that is true. And his left handed. Yeah. Freaking slow. It looked different. It did. But, uh, no, like, I just think, you know. Michael Vick kind of reminds me of Troy Polamalu on offense, where he's just he can do whatever he wants while in the pocket scrambling, and that's what made him so dynamic. Right. And honestly, that's what his like he was actually was he had really good longevity in the NFL. He like did. he played for like twelve or thirteen years, like combined, obviously. Um, but like, and that was because you know, yeah, he would scramble around and everything, but he knew when to get out of bounds. He didn't take a lot of big hits, and he did like he didn't get a lot of concussions as a, as a player. Like was he was like. Lowering his shoulder and getting helmet to helmet contact, and like you know, another big thing was the non-design runs, where you know he wasn't a runner; he was still a quarterback in the pocket scrambling. We had all those right. big-time breakout runs. So, right. yeah, I don't know how he'd fare in this Ravens offense, to be honest. But all right, anyway. So normally during like November, obviously we have both college and NFL football, um, but normally we have um, the NBA and hockey going on right now as well, but. Their seasons ended a couple months ago, and they won't start up till roughly January. So all we got is football. But next week, I'm we... okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week, yeah, we... but we got the diamond in the rough. That's true. <laughs> the that's right. And metaphorical rough. <laughs> yep. In Augusta, Georgia, got the Masters Whoa. next week, dude. I am so pumped for the Masters in November. Like that's gonna be so unique and so cool. Oh, to watch. I'm unbelievably excited for the Masters in November just to see, you know, Augusta National. In the ball yep. colors. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if there's so still leaves up, oh. Dude, I, to be a fly on that golf course, man, just the, oh, jeez. Yeah. That is on my bucket list. I would I, love to go to a Oh, my PGA. God, for sure. I mean, Augusta, I mean, that's the one you go to. So, mm-hmm. just I'm, such a, you know, lovely club. And, you know, it's going to be awesome to see. There's a lot of, you know, big storylines coming out of this, you know. Yeah. DeShambo winning his first major and absolutely crushing it on a course you, where, you know. You, you can't crush it or else you're in trouble. And you get it. in the thick and you're in trouble. I mean, plus score has won there in the U.S. Open before at Wingfoot. And, yep. you know, DeShambo just said, you know, I'm going to play my game of golf. I'm going to let you guys criticize me. I don't care. I'm going to shoot six under and a course where people <laughs> should be shooting six over. <laughs> And I'm going to win the freaking U.S. Open. And you know what? I can't knock the guy for that. I mean, No, I mean, he, he's a unique specimen of a golfer, that's for sure. And just, I mean, insane. He wants to get bigger just so he can hit it farther. And I mean, just the type <laughs> that's of... unfathomable, man. Just the type of person he is, though, I mean, mentally for the game. I mean, after the rounds at the U.S. Open, there was, you know, videos of him, photos of him hitting the practice range, you know, figuring out the driver for Sunday, you know. His head mentally and his approach to the game might seem unique, but I mean, solidly, that's what he wants to do is go out there and, you know, be considered one of the best. I mean, he's the human calculator in the golf course. He literally calculates his putts and everything. Like, he's so he's so gifted like in golf and, af- and being an athlete because, obviously, like, I don't care what you say. Golf is an athletic sport. Like, you have to be an athlete to be a really good golfer. But he is literally the smartest golfer ever. 
Like he's just not. I mean, not only is he the smartest, he's just playing it in a way none of us thought would yeah. be possible. Yeah. He's changing the way people think about golf and just his approach to it. He's robo golf. He I might mean, not. Yep. Have, he the might... literal Happy Gilmore. I mean, yeah. I mean, as close as we can see, yep. a guy running up behind the ball five yards, he just has to stand <laughs> yep. with his feet planted in the ground and hit a three eighty. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, let carry three eighty carry. Let, <laughs> let the let the guy eat, man. Let him eat. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's the favored uh, for most betting sites, right? I mean, right now he's at seventeen to two odds of winning the Masters. Yeah. So obviously he's going to open the betting highest play in the U.S. Open so well. You know, just knowing what we know about him. I believe, let me see real quick. Yeah, Bryson DeChambeau is playing plus 800. So, I mean, honestly, it's a safe bet right now, I think. I think he... Yeah. If anyone has a shot to win back-to-back, I think it could be him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's other interesting guys, though, you know, talking out in the field. Justin Thomas is a guy. Is he going to come up and win his first major? He's been hot coming into I mean, he's been, tournament. he's been playing solid golf all year, I thought, personally. I mean, I watched him in a couple big events out in uh, San Francisco for the championship. I mean, he had a couple mishaps there, but that was a tough course. Um, yeah. But, I mean, his, he's uh, plus 1,400 right now. I mean, not bad odds either, just for a guy to consider. Because, you know, people want to get that first major, and what's a better place than Augusta, Georgia? Yeah. What's Tiger at? Do you know? Um, yeah, I can pull Tiger up right now. Tiger's sitting at a pretty uh, 3,400, so, I mean... Even Vegas bet. doesn't believe in him. $10 bet wins you 340 bucks. I mean, can he go back-to-back is the real question. Does. Yeah, Tiger's out of his prime. He's not winning another uh, major. I mean, I remember when you said that before, and I made $50 off of that. Yeah, so. I know that, but it's not like he outperformed the field. The field, like he... Oh, the field, I mean... The field sucked that Sunday. It was terrible. It was, it was a pretty bad field, I agree he, with He you. didn't win it. He just didn't lose it. Well, he didn't make the mistakes. That's still, I mean, yeah. you had, what That's, was it, guys going in on, uh, what was the par 3, 15? Yeah. Is it 15, 16? 16, par- it's 16. No, there's two There's two par 3s back to back. It's 15, 16, oh, 17, that's a par 5, and then it finishes on a par, par 4, 18. Yep. Yep. That's- so, I mean, you look at the guys who was up there, Kepka, another hot guy, actually, I would look at the Masters, plus 2,200 odds. Wow. Kepka hits in the water there, and his round kind of falls yep. apart. He Pulled a Jordan Spieth. Yeah, and then you got Sergio hitting in on uh, 17 on the par 5, and I mean, he was out of it too. Tiger just <laughs> didn't make mistakes, and... Yeah, you know he won another major. But I just, I, I just think he's. I'm not dissing Tiger Woods. He's, he's. You can make an argument of Jack Nicholas being the bet, the goat of the golf. I mean, but Tiger, it's unarguably undeniable that Tiger is at least number two golfer in the history of golf. But you have to admit, even if you're a Tiger fan or not, he is not the same Tiger Woods as he was in his prime. And when he was in his prime, he wasn't facing the competition that he is now. Now he's facing. All that your greatest competition he's ever seen at age what forty something like it's just I'm sorry I don't think he's winning another major again. And it's not that because he's a bad golfer it's because he's getting old. It, all these surgeries it's just and everything. T- I mean it's it's a certain golf course he's going to win on. He's not he's not going to come out in these set courses. I agree with you at Augusta unless people play really bad and he's playing a great four days. I don't think he wins the Masters again. That's just a tough event for him. You get him there somewhere maybe overseas the British Open. Get him on a course where he plays really well on the links. Get windy days, and he shoots well there. See, I would think the opposite because he's so used to golfing in Augusta. That'd be the one tournament that he that he could have an actual shot at winning, and it'd be this course out in the links where he doesn't play all that often, where he wouldn't win. Yeah, but that's when you're playing those. You just got to be stuck. You got to be able to hit multiple shots. I mean, with guys hitting it long. 
Like DeChambeau would suffer, yeah. I feel, and you uh, mean a British Open course, just because, you know, they're normally coastal. You have a lot of winds. And I know he hits his driver long, but he also hits it high. Yeah, and the wind can take it anywhere. And and you're hitting it, we hit it like that, yeah. I don't care if you're swinging your club at 90, 100 miles per hour, your irons. Getting through that fescue is still rough out over there. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. And that's why I see, you know, a guy, Tiger, is able to shape a shop. Maybe he can play. Phil Mickelson does the same thing. One of probably... Golf's greatest artist people would consider him as. I don't think there's... Oh, yeah, hands down. And, I mean, he always hands comes down. prepared to play at a British Open course. And I think Tiger's learning that style slowly. But, uh, like I said, though, I don't see maybe not winning another Masters. Yeah. Um, some other good odds I have seen. Um, Tony Finau, he typically plays pretty good at an he Augusta. He does. He does. He's a plus uh, 3,100. So, I mean, that's a good consideration. That is. He was in it last year. He's played pretty... I mean... Hasn't played great this year. Hasn't played bad, though. He sprained his knee in the par 3 course last year, didn't, didn't he? Like, he was mm-hmm. celebrating or whatever. Yeah. He sprained his knee. <laughs> yeah. And then he played the round. And yeah, still, he played the round. Yep. So I believe, was in the top six, I yeah. thought. He, he's Definitely top ten. He had a shot going in Sunday. I know that. Uh, Patrick Reed, another guy. He almost, you know. Yeah. He, uh, what, was he, he in the... Who's the guy uh, in the Open that played with DeShembo well? Patrick Reed played well the first two days out there. Yep. Kind of fell off after those, but I mean, that course is going to do it to you at Wingfoot. I'd like him as well coming into Augusta. How long ago did Patrick Reed win the Masters? I believe, was it 17? Yeah, 17 or 18. So, I mean, it'd be nice for him to go back there, see some, you know, he had a pretty solid year, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Mickelson, speaking of um, <laughs> the great artist of golf, he's plus 7,000. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> But listen to this, and this is, I think this is a sleepy, sleeper pick, Sergio Garcia. He has been playing unbelievable the last couple weeks. He had a shot last year on Sunday. He was like one of those guys who hit it in on 16. He did it on, what, 17, I believe, yeah. on the par 5. But he had a shot there, too, and him messing up really, you know, helped Tiger out, too. So, yep. at plus 7,000, I mean... I feel like you're crazy if you don't even think about throwing exactly. five bucks on that. Yeah, five or ten bucks. I mean, you're making, what, $700? I mean, potentially $700, potentially $350. I mean, yep. just a consideration. Ricky Fowler's there, too. You know, I think he's going to go down as one of the Big best Nick golfers, Rick. too. Never win a major. I just don't think he... If it's he hasn't just, won one by now, I don't, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just the way it happens to look for him. It kind of sucks. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, if I was going to put my money down on it... I feel DeShembo, you know, he just looks way too strong. I feel like he's just mentally not playing a lot in the last... I mean, I don't think he's played since he's won the U.S. Open. Yeah, I think... No, I think you're right. But he has been on record as saying that he has literally done homework and prepared extensively for this Masters tournament throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. Like, act legit putting in a game plan for what he needs to do in that course. He's not taking it lightly. He's going into it knowing, hey, I need to do this... So I'm going to work on this maybe like a month before even going to the Masters. I think he's going to be well-prepared. and he's It's going to be a shocker if he doesn't at least even make the top five when Sunday finishes. Why hasn't he been golfing lately? I think for, just for this reason. Wouldn't he want to get as many rounds I mean, he's, he's probably still golfing, but I mean, I think he wants to just get ready for to play that specific course. Exactly, yeah. And he'll go to uh, courses kind of designed like the Masters that are kind of tight and, you know, you got to... You know, bend your shapes in order to hit it far and long. I think he's gonna try to go to courses to well, like just, help him out let's doing just that. See if he even has to bend it. He might just go over. That's true I too. I don't think it matters for That's him. That's true he's too, especially because of his flight on the ball mm-hmm. and everything. 
Well, he can he can rip them. Oh my! You don't watch him. <laughs> Tanner, right now, just no. just so you can um, like the golfing. podcast can. I know. So everyone, just a little background. Tanner's getting into golf. This is the first year he started playing. He's really enjoying it, and I mean. Getting him into PGA would be cool too. You just need to right now for the podcast sake and to get the first reaction of you doing this, just watch Bryson DeChambeau hit a drive on your phone. He just absolutely mammoth balls. I mean, you will not be disappointed. You thought Bubba Watson, you know, teed the ball up and hit it far. Yeah, watch DeChambeau. Yeah, Bubba, Bubba hits it long too, but DeChambeau is just a freak. Do you know what he looks like? No. Oh, my God. Yeah, just look how big his biceps look, look are. How, look at his body change from last year to this year. This is how serious he's taken golf. This is Bryson DeChambeau. No, that's not Bryson DeChambeau, buddy. Come yeah, on. Let me, um, <laughs> let me uh, Google it for you. Boy, Jeez, I guy, can't believe this you This guy looks like a trucker. <laughs> Two years from retirement. Yeah, Bryson DeChambeau is not no trucker guy. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, this Packer game short. So this, this was him. The right pitcher was him. Okay. Last season in the... I mean, the left pitcher was him last season. The right pitcher is him this year, season. Damn. That's Jacked a, up, right? That's a thick boy. <laughs> that's like Barry Bonds from the Pirates of the Giants right there. Yeah, that's a per- yeah, that, that is literally the perfect analogy. You think he's <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't think he wrote it just, just the transformation aspect of it. Watch yeah, I don't, th- I don't think he... <laughs> he just ate There's a lot a of... new culprit out. He just ate a lot of beef and <laughs> just lifted weights, man. That's how he got Yeah, they all did, right? Just like... <laughs> they all did. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire. Yeah, yeah. They just, I mean, here, just watch Those this, are just a different breed just, of people just, that just hey, worked out harder, Just right? watch this man hit a golf ball for a second. Like, just look at that flight. He just rips 192 it. miles per hour. That ball's being Jeez, shot that, out. That would kill someone. Look how far it is. I don't think they're going to sh- They'll show the distance. I mean, you can hear the commentators. Like, oh. And just so you know, the ca- when the pe- people say he had a 350-yard carry, that means the ball landed, not where it ended up after it rolled. So he hits it 350 yards on the fly. That's impressive. I'll tell you what, I appreciate golf. Like, just watch his torque in this body, man. Just First off, he's a freak of nature. I don't think they make a, G- a pair of uh, golf pants that would actually fit his thighs in them. That's got to be the stiffest club ever, and look at the flex he has in it. Okay, oh my God. Tommy, okay, Tommy. <laughs> He's a freak. John, John Daly is still the best big guy hitter, in my opinion, though. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, yeah, bad guy, but <laughs> you want to talk about stone-cold freaking muscle? You guys know I just started golfing, and I appreciate watching it a hell of a lot more now. Oh, it's really a great oh, Awesome. Gosh. There you go. Yeah, because... How hard it is just to hit the ball straight. These guys are just... He drove the green. I mean, he's just not... Yeah, he consistently he's drives greens. They have more control of the ball than I do when I'm playing Xbox. <laughs> what, Tiger Woods PGA Oh, 04? that was the best. I love that game. Yeah, I like Wii Golf. <laughs> yeah. Were you the guy, you know, what was the one hole as the dog leg left? You could gamble it by going up the plateau. Yeah, and that little circle zone, thing. I did that all the time. Did yeah. that all you the time. You seem like that type of guy. <laughs> yeah. I pull it off you, probably 75% of the time. Oh, that sounds a little high, but okay. I'm telling okay. you, I got a lot of practice in with the Wii Golf, man. All right. Back in the All day. All right. <laughs> what are you doing Saturday night, Teddy? Oh, I'm Wii Golfing. Heck yeah, buddy. <laughs> I mean, You're loose if you don't Wii Golf on Saturday night, man. Oh, <laughs> Get all jacked up on a Mountain Dew. Have, have you ever gotten a hole-in-one playing Wii Golf? No, I, I will admit. Threes. I will admit, I've never gotten a hole-in-one. Have you ever gotten a hole-in-one? On Tiger, the Tiger Woods game. Have you ever played Wii Golf? 
Yeah, I played League Golf. Have you ever gotten a hole in one playing League no. Golf? I've done it the once. Ten times I've played, I've never done it. I've only played. Okay, I played. I played it probably as much as Tony has. I've only ever gotten one once, and it was that uphill par three shot. I oh, okay. win, hit front, and just rolled back of the cup. I was like, oh my god, never happened again. Kind of reminds you of the uh, Bedford Alks number six or number five. Yeah, yeah, go uh, straight uphill at the volcano yep. at the springs. Yeah, Wait, but the Bedford Alks golf course. I know it's a nine hole course, but it's a really good course. Like I just think it's kept up nice, and you know, yeah, it's only nine holes, but like they're. I think you have one of the better greens of all the courses in Bedford, and it's consistently kept up and everything. I like going there. Yeah, it's it's the Elks. It's nice. I enjoy it. I love pretty uh, drivable most of the holes. I know, right? It's not, I, you hit some good drives. You're going to have a lot of fun there. Um, but yeah, no, it's just a nice, consistent place to play. But going back to the Wii stuff, like, dude, you want to know the dis, the most disheartening thing ever? Freaking, like, in bowling, like, I almost had a perfect game. Literally, the last frame, my last extra frame. Got in seven. Like, I had like a seven, eight split or something like that. Choked. Yeah, I choked. Oh. choked. That, that, that Wii controller game. just got a little bit tighter oh, on the last <laughs> one. Huh? You're gripping it. Your hand was probably soaking sweat just from hours on it. Oh, end. my God. I was trying so... to bowl that or whatever <laughs> yep. your perfect game. Oh, jeez. Nervous wreck. Like, you oh, were the Steelers yeah. game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. You probably you act were, a fool like I do. You were. I've never seen anybody as more nervous on a Steelers game as Ugh, you were. Dude, you can't. I'm telling you, man. I, dude. I'm, I thought I was nervous. No, nah, dude. <laughs> when Larry Fitzgerald took that. that you stopped that watching it. Back, you oh stopped my, watching no, I game. didn't stop watching it. I almost put a hole through my freaking door. <laughs> I, I will admit so this mad. on air when Jerome Bettis fumbled the ball against the Colts oh. in 2005. I got so angry. Like, I had legit tears running down my eyes. I, I was so angry, I started crying. Yeah. I, I'm like, that freaking Bettis, like, that fat piece of shit. Like, I was like, what, 12 or 13 saying that stuff? Because oh, I was just so mad. Like, oh, mad. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I watched that in the bar at the Blue Knob Ski Resort the when bar. I was <laughs> maybe fourth or fifth grade because we were at doing... the bar. <laughs> well, no, listen. So we did ski club, and you know, all the parent, all the kids would go. We it never was like, talk about ski club. It was a group of us. I mean, it was dope. Every Sunday, we'd go for five hours. And um, I just came in for some reason after skiing, and everyone was at the bar. I was like, "What's going on?" They're like, "Oh, the Steelers are." In a really close game, and I watch Jerome Bettis fumble the ball. <laughs> Little twelve-year-old me is not supposed to be back in the bar, and I'm just staring up there like, "Oh my god, no!" And then out of nowhere, Big Ben, ben yeah, Big yeah. Ben, Batman, Godson. out of nowhere comes and <laughs> you know does enough. Yep, it wasn't perfect, but it, it was, was enough. enough. It was enough. And hey, what's funny is Benetieri, the greatest field goal kicker, arguably yep. of all time, Mr. Clutch. Missed the field goal. Missed. Wide, I, that was even close. That was like wide, wide right. You know, you know what's, you know what's great. ESPN Plus. So they have a series. It's called Peyton's Places, and they did it for the hundredth year anniversary of the NFL. And he just goes around and explores the history, and he does an episode with Vinatieri. Dude, I gotta watch oh, that. Dude, that sounds it's awesome. Such a good series. If you don't have Disney, I mean, uh, ESPN Plus, I recommend it for that. I yeah, mean, I it's, have it. it's it's awesome to watch that. It's just if you like football, you'll love the series. Peyton does a good job. Peyton, How long are they? Um, like, they're like full episodes, almost 30 minutes, like 23, really? 24, 25. He's AB on an episode. <laughs> they're in Pittsburgh. They have an episode about the Macumate Reception, but I haven't got there yet. Oh, Before. dude, we gotta watch that together. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, no, such a good series. Really well done. Really good thing for the NFL if you're a fan of the NFL. Definitely yeah. highly recommended. Peyton Manning's just funny enough on his own. How I many mean, episodes do you think there are? 
of that, oh, there's yeah. like almost 30, I think. There's Damn, a lot. hell yeah. There's a lot. There's I, I was surprised by it. But I mean, here's a good here's a good debate topic. And I know we're kind of veering off the path right now, <laughs> so this could be extra content or something. I don't know. If you guys watch Saturday Night Live when they have athletes on, who, who's like the funniest athletes they have on? J.J. Watt. Well, J.J. Watt's funny, <laughs> but like when I think of like the, the skits they do for Saturday Night Live, <laughs> the number one Peyton athletic Manning. one is Peyton Manning in the United Way one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Was when good. he is yes, drilling yep. kids in the back of the head, <laughs> telling them to go in the portage on, <laughs> yeah. just yelling and screaming. Oh my that god, that was it's, so funny. Oh, I was in tears when I saw it. It was so funny. But no, the J, the JJ Watt one with Rudy. Yep, <laughs> that that is a really good one. Charles Barkley has a lot of good ones too. But I mean, yeah, Peyton Peyton's just he's funny. He's just a funny individual. Oh yeah, yes. And I mean, hell, he'll get you a great discount on car insurance. <laughs> yep. You know what? Nationwide's on your side. <laughs> it's gonna have who's the country singer? He's Brad Paisley. Point. Yeah, Brad Paisley. That's right. Him and Brad Paisley writing songs. <laughs> that's a perfect shirt. combo right there. Peyton Manning and Brad Paisley. Name a better combo. I'll wait. There is none. <laughs> Says America. Just screams there is none. Oh, Next yeah. thing I expect him to crack open a couple Miller Lights. And, <laughs> I know, prefer but, a Bush Latte, yeah, okay, which is uh, what I'm drinking Peyton, right now. Speaking I'm of Peyton you, Manning, I love Bush Latte. Remember, remember when Peyton Manning won and he, he got the mic? He's like, I'm going to go home and have a Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, sponsor. <laughs> yep. He just, and I mean, Peyton Manning's I'm hosted. i Disneyland. <laughs> go to Disneyland. With my Budweiser. Peyton Manning hosted the Aspies one year and roasted Dude, everyone. yes, he did. It, and it was amazing. Probably the best opening His opening Aspies monologue ever. was unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check Kevin it Durant out. got pissed at when he threw shade at him. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah, dude. He, they put the camera on him and he was not happy. Because he was talking about switching teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They can make that excuse or uh, that drink for LeBron too. too, but I digress on that one. But dude, I guess before we end today's episode, which I think this has gone great, guys. Like by far, I think this is my best episode Pretty right good. now. I love doing this type of format. I appreciate I'm glad it. to I have you guys on here. On. And like, I do think it's cool. Like, you know, I have a couple friends who have been collegiate athletes and kind of have some sort of insight into kind of like the inner details that go on within a team an organized team you know i feel like it's really cool to have that perspective i appreciate it it's a different way of looking at things never never hurts anything yeah but before we go here antonio brown is activated this week god what do you guys think of that like holy crap i can't believe we're seeing don't be seeing antonio brown on the field i'll tell you what i've seen hey listen (laughs) giselle's been cooking him food for weeks he's coming out and scoring (laughs) a touchdown with his buddy tom do do you think uh tom lets ab sleep with giselle Oh no! <laughs> We're not going to go there. We're not, not going to talk. To be about continued AB. is what I, I gotta say. You know, I like still it. could. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. AB's just sleeping in a race car bed across the room from his youngest son that he kisses on the lips. So. <laughs> Poor Tom Brady. Poor Tom Brady. Dude, <laughs> but, he he wanted AB there. Like, here, like here's the thing though. AB did the Steelers dirty and all that, but I mean. He can catch a ball. He, he's he a good athlete. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he if, he, if he's 20% of his former self, I mean, that's still going to be pretty decent. So, Oh, yeah. Well, better yeah. options you have than, <laughs> I mean, there's worse wide receivers in the league. Yeah. Way worse wide receivers in the league. All right. Well, I think uh, we're going to wrap it up after that. Um, like, I said, it, like I said, man, it was great having you guys on. Hopefully, we'll keep on doing this. And, uh, You know, until next time, I guess we'll see all you later.